0: In 2010, Radiant was launched with a vision of multiplication that was bigger than any one church or pastor. They envisioned a church planting movement throughout the region, and that journey would begin on the east side of Des Moines. The church quickly grew out of its original facility and became a set up, tear down church in the Orange Planet building. We continued to grow. Through the generosity and sacrificial giving of the church family, Radiant moved into their current facility 11 years ago. It has served us well, and the Lord continues to use Radiant to be the light in the community. Through it all, the mission was clear. We exist to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. In 2016, we launched a campaign called Guests Are Coming. Why? Because we understood first impressions matter. And then we asked a question. If you knew guests were coming to your house, wouldn't you prepare to ensure they felt comfortable and loved? Come to find out, same thing is true for the church. Therefore, we raised some funds internally. The board approved the use of building funds and the district provided additional funds to help reignite momentum. During that time, we painted our facility, updated our kids' area, put in a playground, cafe, ordered newer and safer chairs, as well as updating our tech equipment. Radiant continued to grow and eventually moved to three services. A couple of years later, the combined leadership team determined it was time to begin multiplying in the surrounding areas. And so as the doors of opportunity began to open, it became clear that God was calling us to step out of our comfort zone. And so the board and the district voted unanimously to launch the Ankeny campus. And it was during this time that we asked the congregation to financially support the dream. We had a goal and we exceeded that goal within two months. In a generous show of support, the district made a generous contribution as well. Praise the Lord that on Easter of 2019, we launched the Ankeny campus. However, it was a big step for us. And during that time, we saw some immediate growth. There were decisions for Christ. We celebrated baptisms that first year. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. Nobody saw it coming and everything kind of changed after that. Not just for Radiant, but all churches throughout the country felt and experienced the chaos of the pandemic season. And whatever momentum you were experiencing before COVID, it all came to an end. We were all just navigating unknown waters and we hung on for the ride. Today, we awaken to a new world with unique realities for the church. However, we have much to celebrate. Radiant has seen double digit growth this year, both in attendance and financially. Our group attendance is as the highest it's ever been. We celebrated 15 baptisms last year and dozens of people attended our Discover partnership classes. Currently, there are four people in our ministerial development program. And so as you can see, Radiant is healthy and we are growing.
1: Before we came to Radiant, we were attending a church that was out in Urbandale and Jeanette's sister said, hey, there's a church right here in Pleasant Hill, it is kind of neat, maybe you should come and check it out. And from the first time we walked in the door, just absolutely fell in love with everybody there and, and Pastor Jason's preaching was just spot on. I'm sure my story isn't all that dissimilar to a lot of other people. Um, I did not grow up in a church home. My parents are very hard working. I think that's where I got my work ethic from. So they're working all the time. And my older siblings are quite a bit older than me. So I was pretty much on my own. I found out that later on in life that I was really poor at making decisions. I started experimenting with and messing around with drugs at a pretty young age, I think nine or 10 years old. Uh, as My addictions got worse and worse and worse. Um, I would do whatever I had to do to get that, whether it was selling drugs, uh, whether it was stealing, I didn't care because it was all about me. I was always trying to run away from my problems, but not realizing that I was my problem and I took me everywhere I went. I'd never heard anyone present who Jesus was, you know, that he died for me, for my sins. You know, he paid the penalties for everything that I had done wrong. Something just welled up inside me. I said, wow, I really need this. I, I needed to hear this. Um, I walked out of there with a fire insurance and a magic genie that would give me whatever I wanted. It was immediately after that. My life really got worse. Contemplating suicide, I, I was going in and out of jail, but things just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And finally, I had a social worker, and she told me, "Goes, what you need is Jesus in your life." She, I've already checked that box off. She goes, "No, you need to have Him in your life." So she told me about Team Challenge. All of a sudden, I was in Team Challenge, and I, I was really, really skeptical. But I really allowed God to start working on me. There were some, and use the word demon, literal demons in my life. And it's like all of a sudden, all this stuff started just coming out of me. And then I actually began to surrender all that to God. And I really started to listen, um, allow myself to be discipled, learning a lot about forgiveness. That's just not the forgiveness that God has given me. But I had to learn how to forgive myself, too. And there are still Moments, there are still times when I have to forgive myself again for the stuff that I've done. It's in the past. But you have to make a conscious choice. You have to make a decision to allow Christ in your life to have change. It, it, It was incredibly, incredibly difficult to overcome the decisions and the lifestyle that I had chosen before. It took a lot to shut that off. And he gave me, allowed me to acquire tools to empathize with people who are going through the struggles that I've gone through. As I share about my past and share about my testimony, I am not the same person. Uh, as the Bible says that any man being Christ has become a new creation. No things have passed away, and behold, all things have come new, and that really is true. As I say it's, it's just a process. And that's the nice thing about Radiant, is the process still continues. And it's also a place where I get challenged to, to find my one, you know, and wanting to invite people to church. And being a Christian is not about me, it's about the mission. It's serving others. It's a journey that we're all on. And, you know, the, the mission of the church isn't just for our building or for our group of people. We have a commission to reach the world. And that's where Radiant is going.
0: What would it look like for Radiant to start a daycare focused on helping kids develop a biblical worldview at a young age? What if we partnered with local schools for a mentoring relationship with troubled kids? How about a church that served people in hospice care and helps them take their final steps with honor and dignity? With depression, anxiety, and mental health issues on the rise, what if we provided additional space for Christian-based therapists? I often wonder how many more lives can experience victory through Wellsprings of Freedom. And we don't have to stop there. I mean, imagine an army of people feeding the hungry or godly women bringing hope to our local strip clubs and trained up leaders planting new churches. This is a holistic vision that is bigger than Sunday morning with a desire to live outside our walls. It's a community of people networking together, mentoring leaders, coaching disciples, and resourcing people to live out the way of Christ in everything they do. That's what we're dreaming about, and that's what we're inviting you into. We want to be a church that, if it disappeared tomorrow, would be dearly missed by the community. And so in order to do this, there's some changes we're going to have to make. First, we need to modify our Pleasant Hill facility to make room for a daycare, counseling services, Wellsprings of Freedom, and improve our facilities to serve the local community. Second, it's time to move the Ankeny campus out of the FFA Center and place them into their own building so they too can plant roots and expand their reach. However, through all of this, we need to be clear, the goals remain the same. We want to introduce more people to Jesus teach them the way of christ and release disciples into our community why so they too can make more disciples therefore the leadership team have prayerfully decided that we're going to launch into a two-year initiative called reach reach is all about positioning radiant towards the future and exploring ways to be a blessing in our communities through all of this we're asking two things number one we're asking everyone to prayerfully identify a one Because all the strategic plans, goals, and improvements mean nothing if we're not actively reaching out and developing new relationships within our community. It is time to make new friends and grow. Number two, in order to extend our reach, we need to ensure our facilities properly reflect the vision. Therefore, we need to raise $300,000 above and beyond our normal giving to update the Pleasant Hill facility and move the Ankeny campus. It is time to dream big, breakthrough and take a step of faith and I believe God is calling us into a new season of momentum he wants us to break out of our status quo and the time is right for radiant to move into the next phase of our story therefore we're asking everyone who calls radiant home to join us as we reach out to our community and position ourselves towards the future these are truly amazing times and God is writing an exciting story for radiant church however the question remains the same what will your part be
2: pretty neat stuff huh church is anyone excited about that i hope so it's a yeah you can clap It is a it's a wonderful, wonderful vision that we started here at Radiant Church. Sorry, just let me move this quick. And uh, what's cool is, after hearing that video, is seeing that if you were to, for instance, go to the Pleasant Hill campus, you'd see that that vision's coming into fruition, that we just passed city inspection, uh, for instance, and it's pretty neat to see how God is on the move and he's seeing it happen in real time. And uh, thank you for those of you who have already pressed in and began, uh, began contributing to that and we encourage you to continue, continue to do that. So thank you for being a part of that. Thanks for watching that. I know uh, for some of you, it's, it's maybe been review for you. But um, the thing that's really neat, as, as Jason mentioned, that our campuses have been experiencing, he said, double-digit growth. And uh, we shared last week uh, during service that, that that specifically for our campus, over last year, we've seen uh, a 20% increase in attendance. So can we just praise God for that? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I actually we actually had to set up a, an extra table today just because you guys continue to invite and bring people and um, that's a wonderful problem to have by the way. Please keep doing that, okay? <laughs> just to be clear, we want more. okay So thank you for doing that. Um, when I was in in school, I went to uh, a private Christian college uh, called Oklahoma Wesleyan. University when I was like, yeah, woo-woo, yeah, Don, thank you. And uh, it was awesome. Actually, Jasmine Cooper, who leads worship here, uh, she's in Pleasant Hill today, she actually is an alumni of that as well. Um, But we had this phrase when I was in private Christian school, and it was the idea, and it was a phrase called the Christian bubble. Anyone ever heard of that Christian bubble? And it was the idea of this, it was the idea of that you're going to class with other Christians you're going to chapel with other Christians. All you ever eat—all The only people you ever eat with are other Christians. The only people you ever you know, talk to, you're living in dorms with other Christians. And, and it was the idea that it's not real life. It's like a Christian bubble, right? You're not actually going out and speaking with people who believe different things than you or anything like that. And there's kind of a more a derogatory term for this uh, that's been floating around there. And it's called, when it, when it comes to like church and even what we do here, and it's the idea of the phrase the holy huddle. You ever heard of that before? A holy huddle. And it's not thats not necessarily a nice term, you know what I mean? It's the idea of like, oh you Christians, you you all you do is, you know, you get together and you like each other and you only hang out with each other. It's like a, it's like a holy huddle because you think you're holy. You ever heard that before? And I think that Jesus would take real issue with the notion that that all the church is called to be is just a holy huddle. That we're meant to just interact strictly with one another. And that's not always a fair, you know, judgment that's placed on the church from outsiders, but We're reminded, for instance, in Mark chapter 2, something critically important about who Jesus was and who he came to reach. It says this in Mark chapter 2, While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. Pause there for a second. Tax collectors and sinners, these would have been considered kind of two of the worst of the worst groups by society. If you were a tax collector, that essentially meant you were a traitor and treasonous to the Jewish people. If you were a sinner, that meant you had done certain things uh, to, to make upset the religious leaders at the time. So, bottom line, you didn't want to be a tax collector. You didn't want to be a sinner. And here we see Jesus is eating with exactly those people. Let's continue. For there were many who followed him. 16 says, When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, Don't miss this. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I think it's appropriate in the context of this passage to add quotation marks around the righteous, right? I have not not come to call the righteous, in other words, those who think they're righteous, but sinners. So here we see out of the gate, Jesus is teaching the religious leaders at the time, the Pharisees, something extremely important about his mission on earth, and it's this, that Jesus didn't come for the insiders, he came for the outsiders, in other words, he came for those who were sick, those who were lost, those who were hurting, and, by the way, provided a model for the healthy to do the same. So it's not that he just came for the lost and the sick and the hurting, that was that was a big part of who he, but he then modeled for the healthy how they should do the same. You catch that part? So the question for us, though, is, is who are the sick? Who are the lost? You don't have to... Look far out into the statistics involving our country and our nation regarding um, mental health and depression and anxiety on the rise and just the the deaths by despair, just the amount of people who are taking their own lives either through overdose or through addiction or um, just explicitly, you don't have to look very far to realize that we have a population in our time in the West here in America, a population of people who are hurting at a core level. They're they're desperate for a doctor. Would you agree? They're hurting. They're in need of something. We have people who are sick all around us in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, even in our own families. Who are the sick here in America? Well, these are some statistics. These actually come from Pastor Jason's book that he released not too long ago. Our Partnership class. They're found here. In fact, they're a couple years old now. I'm not so sure they're 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 better now. I'd imagine they're worse, but a few of them just to share with you. Less than 18% of Americans attend church. That number in 1916, by the way, was 53% of people. So it's it was over half, and now it's down to 18%. 19.4%, uh, we've seen a 19.4% decline in church attendance in the past decade. That's just the last 10 years, 20%. Only uh, Meaning only 28% of people ages uh, 23 through 37, that's my age group, attend church, as opposed to 43% And 52% for the older generation. So we're we're losing the younger population, by the way. Next, um, the U.S. has the fourth largest population of unreached people in the world. So when you think of the U.S., fourth largest unreached people group, right? When we think of unreached people group, we think of, you know, people in like Papua New Guinea, right? The jungle. They've never heard the gospel. Um, Actually, we are the fourth largest unreached people group. This, to go along uh, with this, this statistic, is that America used to be the largest missionary sending country, like we'd send out the most. Now, this is staggering, we are the second largest receiving country for missionaries coming in to try and save us, okay? Right? We think of ourselves as like, we've got God, we're going to go bless the world, we're going to go save them, we're going to send out missionaries, right? Nothing wrong with that, huge fan of that, but actually now we are the second largest receiving nation for missionaries. In other words. People in other countries are looking at us and saying they need help. We've got to do something. That also probably means that those people from other countries are likely looking at us, the church, and saying, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Okay. 85% of all churches in America are either plateaued or declining. Of the 15% that are growing, this is crazy, 14% are doing so by transfers from other churches. So not like reaching the lost and bringing more people in, but just what we call sheep swapping, right? We're just swapping the sheep around the different churches, okay? In other words, that means only 1% or 1% or 1 out of 100 churches are actively introducing people to Jesus. How does that make you feel? Probably not great. I get it, okay? Last one, and then we'll we'll move on. More than 79,000 of the people in our community, so this is the Des Moines area, have no vital church connection or relationship with Christ. So, if you were to ask, who are the sick among us, who are the people who are hurting among us, I would imagine that some of the people within that population groups, those people I just mentioned, are, are, are the sick and hurting. I would, I would just guess. And this idea of calling them sick or lost, please hear me, this is, this is not meant to be a derogatory term. This is not meant to be a, a sort of condescending, I'm more superior than them sort of term. No, when, when people are sick in our lives, what do we do for them? We take care of them, right? We help, right? When people, when people are lost, do you, just, do you just shame and condemn people who are lost, say, in the woods or something like that? No, what do you do with the lost? You look for them. You go after them. You care for them. And that is what Jesus did. When Jesus said, I have, I have not come for the healthy. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is what I'm talking about. Jesus was about going out to them. Now, before you think all hope is lost, and boy, those statistics really bum me out, Ben. Thanks a lot. Thought I could just eat some nice yogurt and donut holes and be on my way today. Um, this should encourage you. And the statistic says that 47% of America's unchurched are willing to take up a friend's offer to visit church. Almost half of people who get invited to church are willing to say, like, yeah, okay, I'll try it out. Does that encourage you at all? It should. By the way, I hear this all the time. We shared this last week, especially our campus here, and I know this is true at Pleasant Hill as well, but when we talk to guests after they visited here, they say consistently, they say we felt welcomed, we felt loved, you guys showed great hospitality. So not only are people willing to come to church, potentially, in your life, if you invite them and you may take that bold step, but just as an FYI, once they get here, they're going to feel loved. They're going to feel welcome. So, Encouragement to you. Keep, uh, keep it up, please. Okay. So when it comes to this idea of going out after the lost, after the hurting, after those who are in need, Jesus gave this final word to his disciples, which is one of the most important things we can read in Scripture, and it's found in Matthew 28. It's something called the Great Commission. Jesus said this to his disciples, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' command to his disciples and his command to us who call ourselves followers of Jesus here today, which is most of us likely in this room, his command to us is Therefore, go. Go. And this is why go is a core value of Radiant Church. It's the idea that we are the sent people of God. That Jesus' command, very simply put, to summarize the Great Commission is this, church. Go. Go out there. Go get them. Leave Leave the 99 who are in the sheep pen and go after the lost. We, many of us, are the healthy. And so we need to go after the sick and the lost and the hurting and the broken. And we're not healthy because we're perfect, right? <laughs> we know that. We still fail. But we're healthy because we know God's grace and we have experienced his healing. And now we must go and share that same thing with others. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple, by definition, we must do as our rabbi and teacher did. And what did Jesus do? He sought after the lost. And so that's why you hear in that video, um, and that's why you hear at Radiant Church, you hear us talk about the idea of having a one. And you're going to hear more about that in the weeks to come. But having a one is critical to this mission. In other words, it's sort of our... um, our method, if you will, to go out and reach and love the people who are far from Jesus. Uh, And a one, simply put, for those who may not know, a one is someone in our lives who is far from God. It's someone that we have proximity to. We we interact with them somewhat regularly, whether at work or we see them often. They live in your sphere of influence. And this is someone who you already likely have consistent communication with in your life. And the goal for them is not to proselytize, if you know what that word means, which just means evangelize and sort of seal the deal when it comes to them accepting Christ, right? Because that freaks us all out a little bit, right? The idea of like, oh, I got to sell them on Jesus. And what if they say no? And what if they get offended? And what if they believe in something else, right? Where we all get a little anxiety with that, right? That's not the goal with the one. The goal is not to make a sales pitch and then, you know, close the deal, but rather entering into an intentional relationship, excuse me, intentional relationship with the one It's simply saying, I am going to actively pursue this person in love and in prayer. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to care for them. I'm going to interact with them. But I'm going to do it now with a purpose, with intentionality. And so while the goal isn't to, you know, bring up Jesus every conversation, the goal with the one should be to look for opportunities for spiritual doors to be opened and questions and conversations to happen. In other words, it requires a sensitivity to the Spirit. It requires prayer. And uh, we oftentimes host public church events. We're going to be doing a Super Bowl party and a game night, by the way, coming up. You're all invited. It'll be at the Pleasant Hill campus, but perfect opportunity for you to invite your one. They're not going to get, you know, Jesus shoved down their throat, as you've maybe heard said, or the Bible thumped over their head, but they're just going to have an opportunity to interact with some of the people that I love the most in this world, you guys. And so I encourage you, maybe that's an opportunity. But you're looking for open doors. You're looking for inroads all the time. Now, this is someone, and, and Bob's going to elaborate this on, on a couple weeks, but this is someone who's already outside of our walls. And this is not someone that we're going to turn into a project, right? No one likes being turned into a project, right? I'm going to save you. No, you're not, Right. <laughs> But it is someone you're being intentional with. And so, as Jason said, we need to make new friends. We need to make new friends. We need to get out there. And we need to go. Church, I'll close with this. Um, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with a holy huddle. But only if it's the kind of huddle they do in football. The kind of huddle where you briefly get together, just like we're doing here right now. We briefly get together. And we determine a plan and a course of action, so that when we say break, we go out and we win the battle for the Lord and for his kingdom, so that we can introduce healing into this world, we can introduce people to Christ, and we do whatever it takes to reach the sick and the hurting and the lost. So I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we're going to actually enter into a time of uh, table discussion, but let me pray as we think about uh, what we're about to do. So Lord Jesus, We thank you so much for your grace and your goodness to us. We thank you that you came to seek and to save the lost. You came not for the healthy, but for the sick. So Lord, as we are hearing this, Lord, there may be all sorts of reactions to this emotionally. Maybe it's fear or worry or what's going to happen if I try? What if someone doesn't respond well? But Lord, I just pray that you would remove all fear in the name of Christ. And instead, you would give us your spirit to care and to go it's in your name we pray amen and amen and amen
0: i'm recording inside the podcast studio and i encourage you to check out our radiant midweek videos are released weekly at noon on wednesday and it's all part of our desire to extend our reach beyond sunday morning the reach story though began many years ago the team was wrestling with some uncomfortable questions one of which was are we called to entertain spectators or make disciples and there's a big difference, by the way. Is our job to put on great shows or did Jesus call us to much more? The second question began one Monday morning in the Pleasant Hill Worship Center. While praying, I entertained a thought. Jason, are, are you okay that the lights are out in this building for most of the week? And the answer, of course, was no, I'm not. Out of that came a growing desire to rethink church and we're inviting you in many ways to do the same. Reach came from a heartfelt desire to introduce people to Jesus to teach them the way of the Christ and release disciples into our community 2nd Corinthians 4 says we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself all of this is for your benefit why so that the grace that is reaching more and more people May cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God and that's ultimately the goal we want to reach more and more people why so that our Thanksgiving will overflow and we desire of course and everything we do at radiant church to demonstrate the glory of God everything we do points to him And so the REACH campaign was created to help calibrate Radiant Church and launch us into the future. But please understand, it starts with you. REACH forced us to ask some important questions about church and why we exist. I get it. So many people have busy lives and crazy schedules. It can be easy to treat church as just another calendar item. It's something we do, a place to go. It's like the gym or the dentist or the kids' activities. We just mark them off of our to-do list. However, the Bible never described church that way. It was never a location or something do. It, it wasn't something you marked off your list and went on with your life. It's not an app you put on your phone. The church is the called out people of God who gather for worship and they're learning how to live, sit, in the world around them. Therefore, church is not a building. It's not a Sunday event. We don't attend church. We're not at church. According to the Bible, we, the people of God, Are the church. Therefore, we're not called to make spectators. Jesus commanded us to make disciples. These are people who leave their old life behind to be with a master. They're learning to do what their master does, say what their master says, with the intent of becoming who or what the master is. And so their question ultimately is Are you becoming more like Jesus? Wrestle with that. Are you a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? because REACH is all about helping people move from exploring to believing to surrendering and ultimately multiplying disciples, leaders, and churches. Where are you at on that journey, and how can I help you take your next step? Because extending our REACH starts with you, every single one of you. Are you passionate about introducing people to Jesus? See, just like church, in our definition of church, reach isn't something we are doing. Reach is who we are. We are the people of God reaching out to our community in love, shining the light of Christ because the world needs Jesus. And so, at the Radiant Collective, and by the way, you're going to be hearing that language more and more in the coming months, because the Collective is more than just the local church. It is a collection of strategic partners, such as Kids Hope, Caring Hands, and Jericho, and we partner alongside them to be a light in the community. It's coming along micro enterprises and healthy organizations out there that have a passion to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ to provide biblical Christian care to the community. People like Wellsprings of Freedom, Libertas, the Shining Bright Daycare Center, and New Life Counseling. And at the center of it all, Radiant Church's desire is to resource and equip others to shine the light of hope in the world around us. Welcome to the Radiant Collective. And as I noted in the original video that we heard earlier, it is time to dream big and break through and take a step of faith. I believe absolutely that God is calling us into a new season of momentum and he wants us to break out of our status quo and so as we enter the new year I'm asking us to renew our focus this is not time to take our foot off the accelerator I need you to be faithful to your commitments there is much work to be done and it's so important that we understand this reach is not over it's just begun please continue with your reach commitments if you've pulled back on that I need you to press into it some more we must pay off the improvements at Pleasant Hill get the daycare healthy and launched, and turn our focus towards the Ankeny campus. And to be absolutely clear, nothing about our reach plans and goals has changed. We are on track with what we originally intended to do. And so this month, I'm asking us as a church to renew our commitment. And if you're new to Radiant in the past few months, I hope this vision excites you. Radiant is passionate about multiplying disciples, leaders, and churches, and we want to break out of our walls, move beyond Sunday morning, and be the church throughout the week. It's a church that if it were to close its doors tomorrow, my prayer is it would be dearly missed in our community. And so as a church, we are growing, we are healthy, and I believe now is the time. And so if you were not part of the REACH conversation last year, I would like to invite you to join us in this journey and make a commitment to REACH. Not today, though. I'm not asking anything of anybody today. I want you to pray about it and talk about it, and we will discuss it more in the coming weeks. However, would you be willing to help us move Radiant into the future so that we can reach more people? These are exciting times ahead, and God is on the move. But as I've said several times before, I absolutely believe the best is yet to come. Thank you all, and God bless.